picture or a video may be worth a thousand words, but sometimes a bigger story is not always told. We are a monthly program dedicated to telling you those stories with analysts and opinions from those that go beyond the lens. We are AllMonster.com Beyond the Lens. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of AllMonster.com Beyond the Lens. Today we are joined by Dustin Hart near the home of Gravedigger in Nagashead, North Carolina, as well as Ed Horman from O'Fallon, Missouri near the home of Bigfoot. Also, we have Jeremy Piglisi, the radio superstar himself, is in the house. He's out of Wheeling, West Virginia. And guys, it was another great weekend in Monster Trucks, the second weekend of 2011. Lived up to the hype. There is a bunch of new, great, exciting things going on. I was privileged enough to head off to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for a hometown show. Always good to get one of those in. You'll be able to see a full gallery up soon on allmonster.com, and you have a couple of teasers up there for your enjoyment right now. So... Getting to the Beyond the Lens issues in the show, uh, the first night, it was a two-night show on Friday, it was a little bit of a bare-bones lineup. Had five of the eight trucks competing. Samson had some starter issues and uh, was able to get that fixed for Saturday, but uh, he was out. And then Paul Strong and Kayla Savage with Martial Law and Heartbreaker had issues throughout the night, really weren't a part of the show much at all, and a uh, disappointing night for them. We wish them the best of luck in getting everything back together. It's always tough to see an independent team struggle. So, best of luck to you guys. So, with the remaining five trucks in the show, it was still a solid show. And uh, Gary Porter took his Great Digger 25 to wins in all four contests. Those would be Wheelies, Donuts, Maniac Challenge, and Freestyle. Uh, he was challenged by Jim Burns and Mechanical Mischief, as well as his Gary Porter's teammate, Whit Tarleton and the Spider-Man. A couple of news and notes from that show. Uh, I noticed that Gary Porter was a little bit on the throttle, even more than uh, he was in Grave Digger 12 uh, with 25. I noticed that he was driving the truck, you know, a little more aggressively. It seemed like he was getting comfortable with it. Uh, judging from Jeremy Piglisi's comments from Columbus, uh, he's got a little bit of a new lease on life as far as his driving uh, newer truck and something that fits his style a little more. It was sucking up all the jumps real great. And, uh, he seemed really happy with everything in his interviews. Took a clean sweep of the first night. As well, I got a little bit of a chance to talk with Jim Burns and work with him throughout the weekend. So we want to encourage everybody to head over to MechanicalMischief4x4.com. Check out all the news and notes and results and support a great upstarting independent in Jim Burns out of Rockford, Illinois. I uh, was privileged enough to work with him throughout the weekend. Heading into night number two, it was a fantastic show in Milwaukee at the Bradley Center. All eight trucks ran, uh, with the exception of a little bit of trouble for Kayla Savage in Heartbreaker. She had a little bit of engine problems. Um, not sure exactly what was going on there, but uh, Paul Strong finally did get Marshall Law running good enough to uh, put in about half of a freestyle. Was getting some big air, lost his KC lights on the top of the truck. Um, truck was landing well, but... The problem was uh, they had they had some RII issues and ended up switching the RII from the broken heartbreaker to martial law, and that was what enabled him to finally get a freestyle going. So, uh, you know, kudos to the entire team there, heartbreaker and martial law, for uh, not stopping working throughout the weekend. Every time that I walked into that pit area, whether it was morning, noon, or night, uh, Paul Strong was working, as was Kayla and their two crew guys. So they were trying to get things going as much as they could. Hopefully they can turn things around and uh, – finish out the rest of the freestyle mania season. So 
other pictures from the event, little things that I saw. Uh, Jim Burns had a spectacular save during his donut contest attempt. He got off of the sand sanded area that they put down onto the dirt a little bit and got up onto two wheels. Uh, somebody was a little bit trigger happy with the RII, but uh, apologized to Jim afterwards for that. He got up onto two wheels and was shut off, so he didn't have a chance to power out of it. Luckily, that brand new wrap was saved from ZR Graphics, and he brought the truck back down on all fours. Big crowd at the Bradley Center went off at that. As well, Whit Tarleton had an outstanding wheelie contest attempt, uh, racing, uh, sort of maniac challenge, rather, and uh, he w- ended up second in freestyle to Gary Porter and Gravedigger. Uh, interesting to note there, uh, Whit's truck has always landed. Uh, to me, it seems like a little bit heavy, and I guess that's the way he likes it. He can get some great slap wheelies going on. He was getting them in the wheelie contest. He was getting them in, in freestyle, and uh, he got up on the two wheels and pulled out a great save as well. So there was a lot of good driving going on in Milwaukee. That's always a good thing to see. I personally prefer that style, and uh, no equipment was really torn up as well. As I mentioned, Dan Patrick in Samson had a, uh, a good show on Saturday. Whipped off a great set of donuts. Uh, the truck is landing like a pillow, just just really working well for him. I talked to him before the show, and he put in a brand new, brand new starter, brand new flywheel, so that uh, he could make the show. And uh, you know, he's he switched from a Lenco transmission to a cone. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, there are obviously a lot of different differences there, and he's still adjusting, but. Uh, he made that adjustment seamlessly, you know, had a fantastic effort in the wheelie contest. He's getting some slap wheelies, which is always good to see. And uh, just an overall a great uh, showing for Samson there as well. So uh, Gary Porter came out for his freestyle after dominating the Maniac Challenge. Uh, he lost a donut contest to with Tarleton in Spider-Man, but uh, came out for his freestyle, burned the place down. Uh, he and Witt were the only two to backside the freestyle motocross ramp all weekend. Had uh, great efforts there. Gary really launched the truck around a lot. Um, you know, I was I was very surprised after seeing him in 12 how aggressive he was uh, in beating that new Gravedigger 25 around. And uh, it was good to see. You know, Gary's always been uh, one to take care of his equipment and uh, still try to put the truck on the edge a little bit. But uh, he's really he's really hammered on it this year, and I think he's excited to have a new piece of equipment to work with. So Spider-Man ended up with a donut contest victory, and uh, the wheelie contest, Gary Porter, Gravedigger, ended up taking home the Maniac Challenge and the freestyle. So overall, a great weekend in Milwaukee. want to thank Dan Patrick and Samson and Jim Burns of Mechanical Mischief for their assistance in the show and uh, appreciate everything guys good weekend in milwaukee next we have a little bit of a, a two-person round table i guess you call it a square table me and jeremy piglisi are going to discuss the freestyle mania format as we've been lucky enough to attend the first two freestyle manias of the year that monster jam puts on so jeremy what are your thoughts first and foremost about how the show in columbus went overall and then uh you know some some patterns that you see in the freestyle mania from seeing about Milwaukee, and uh, also attending Columbus yourself. Um, what I have to say about the format is, if you're really into watching the monster trucks, if you're there to see them and you know really nothing else, it's definitely a show you want to go check out. The trucks run a heck of a lot more than any other format that I've ever been to. And as far as the events go, they're actually really exciting. Uh, the Maniac Challenge, I really love that. I thought I was going to hate seeing one truck run at a time on a timed obstacle course, but 
that's actually one of my favorite parts of the show. I don't even care about freestyle or the donuts. I really like seeing the Maniac Challenge. One of the gripes that I do have with the show, and I think it might just be the uh, the situation in Columbus, um, they brought the trucks in and had them parked down at the one end where they were doing the donuts. And even though they had them parked horizontally to the wall in the building, it still felt like there wasn't a whole lot of space to do a donut. And the dirt itself is really tacky just in the area. Um, so I would like to see them incorporate some sand into the mix down on that end. I don't know if they did that at your show, Robbie. Um, how were your donuts out there, actually? Well, they actually did, but you bring up you bring up a good point. First and foremost, yes, uh, they tossed some sand in there. Um, you know, that was a concern that the drivers raised during the drivers' meeting in Milwaukee uh, both nights, just to make sure that they would have sand for the donut contest. As I mentioned, uh, you'll be able to see the uh, picture is up on All Monster. Uh, Jim Burns got up on a two wheels because he got off the sand, and uh, I can only imagine what it would have been like if he didn't have any have anything but tacky surface to try to break a donut loose. That always makes the independents nervous, especially. But, uh, yeah, there's not much room out there. Um, Porter actually lost a donut contest uh, on Saturday because there wasn't too much room. He started walking a little bit during a donut, you know, edging towards one of those walls and uh, throwing a little bit of dirt almost into the stand, so he got shut off. Um, I agree. They need they need more space. It's tough to do in a small arena. Um, you know, pretty pretty – interesting little dilemmas that they have but uh getting back to your point about the maniac challenge that was actually surprising to me too i didn't know how i would feel about it coming in and i really ended up enjoying it as well what was interesting about it to me was to see how each driver attacked the course uh porter had a certain way of not cutting corners in a way of cheating but he would hit obstacles at a certain angle and he would bump his rear steer before he landed so that he could get around the corners quicker. Little things that ended up getting him the victory. And that was cool to see. It was it was neat to see each driver's skill level. It was neat to see each driver's abilities and uh, strategy. That's the main thing. There's a strategy to it. You would think it's a you know 20-second obstacle course, you know maybe three hits, and uh, it's not much, but that's not the truth at all. There's a lot of strategy and a lot of, uh, a lot of cool things to look for if you're going to a freestyle mania. That's a great point. In Columbus, I actually noticed Gary and his teammate Witt uh, bumping the rear steer in the air when they did get into the air. I noticed uh, after the first truck went out, I think it was Crazy Train, uh, he was skying it out over those jumps, and every driver after that decided they had to roll over them. Um, so that was kind of cool to watch the drivers learn from each other's you know passes. But the point that you're making with the Gravedigger and the, the Spider-Man team, they were both bumping their rear steer in the air. Gary even would use the FMX landing hill, and he'd kind of, you know, kick around on that to kind of get set up for his last jump. So it's really cool to watch the drivers adapt to the track like that in such a tight space. Definitely. Great point. And uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention and the point that I wanted to make and see how you felt about it from uh, your experience in Columbus as well was the drivers that are in this, this Freestyle Mania Tour this year uh, with a, maybe a few small exceptions, are all going to be together, one group for the whole year. So it really is a tour. And uh, what I find interesting is that we have an, uh, a good mix of old and new. You have Dan Patrick, who's been around the sport as long as anybody. Same thing with Gary Porter. Then you have a young gun in Whit Tarleton, who it's very obvious from things like watching the Maniac Challenge. He watches Porter and uh, freestyles like Porter and... You know, it's it's interesting to see all the dynamics. You have a couple of becoming of becoming independents as well. You know, Jim Burns and Mechanical Mischief. Paul Strong and Kayla Savage had tough weekends the first two, but uh, 
you know, if they get going, maybe they can have, have something for Gary Porter and freestyle in racing. You know, they're going to push each other. And uh, I think it's an interesting dynamic, and it's an interesting stage for somebody like a Jim Burns to get up on there and show what they can do week to week. Jim's schedule expanded from last year having a few monster jams, going out basically six weekends in a row and then being done with his first quarter to, hey, you're on this tour, let's see what you can do. It's kind of, uh, in a weird way, you'd almost call it a tryout for expanding your schedule even more the following year. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, you know, guys like Jim, they can take this schedule and they can kind of get used to running a track like that and working in a small hockey rink, but it's really a stepping stone into the bigger league, you know, the Monster Jam shows themselves. So, you know, the up-and-comers, they got a lot of competition in Gary and Witt and, you know, Dan, but uh, it's a good mix of drivers. You got young and new, like you mentioned, different style of trucks, too. I mean, Mechanical Mischief, it's an older style chassis, but it's hanging in there just like these new, uh, you know, Fell Motorsports chassis. So it'll be really exciting to kind of watch this whole tour kick off and see where it goes and see who takes the lead in these kind of things. Definitely great points all around, and uh, we encourage you, if you are near a Freestyle Mania event, go check it out. You know, uh, I think it was great. You know, the, the only thing that I found a little bit weird was uh, you get a standing ovation uh, for something that's not Monster Trucks. Uh, the whole jam session that they have with the BMX and the Freestyle uh, street bikes and the, the quads, you know, the whole deal. Uh, they have a whole jam session. They come out and do like a train-style thing at the end. Uh, right before intermission, the trucks <laughs> the trucks didn't get as big of an ovation one night as uh, that whole jam session did. But hey, the fans go home happy. That's a cool thing. I don't know if you got that in Columbus, Jeremy, but uh, that was just kind of an eerie feeling to me that the monster trucks didn't get the biggest ovation of the night. Yeah, that that did happen in Columbus, and not knocking those guys. Those guys are just as crazy as the monster truck guys. I would never do a backflip on a dirt bike, but. Uh, yeah, it was weird to me to see the jam session itself get the standing ovation. So, uh, hey, remember Nuclear Cowboys, that's uh, going to be making stops in the same hockey ring, so check that out. Yeah, they just finished up a great tour in Baltimore, as we mentioned with the tour on Freestyle Mania. If you're near that show, give it a try. Go check it out. It's not going to disappoint you. Thanks for helping, Jeremy. Ain't no problem. Thanks. All right, moving on from Milwaukee, we headed over to uh, San Antonio, Texas, for a huge Monster Jam show. As a result of the Atlanta show being uh, pushed back to February 12th, there were a few guys that, for lack of better words, were looking for a home for that weekend, uh, including Dennis Anderson and Tom Mintz. They ended up surprising everybody at the end of the show and doing an encore, dual encore freestyle both nights. And uh, that turned out really well. You'll be able to see those, uh, I'm sure, on the Internet, on YouTube. Uh, Tom had a couple of, couple of wow moments, as did Dennis. Uh, did not disappoint. The whole thing about that show, though, to me, was the racing layout. was just absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed seeing something that wasn't your typical Chicago style in San Antonio. This point has been beat to death on the internet and everything else, but hey, I want to bring this point out, guys. Seeing some berms in racing, seeing a different track layout, even if it's just an extra lap, even if it's a few loops, whatever the case may be, I really enjoyed seeing this new racing layout in San Antonio. Damon Bradshaw used it to his advantage in uh, both racing and in freestyle and was able to, I guess you'd call it quadruple down, winning racing and freestyle both nights. So kudos to Damon, the Oval Air Force team, Cody Saucier, his crew chief, to uh, just having a fantastic weekend in one of the biggest stages in Monster Jam. So great job there, guys. But uh, Damon was using those berms 
in race and uh, use him to his advantage. Maybe bring him back some of that old beast from the East motocross stuff. But uh, he ended up taking out John Seasock and Grinder in the size uh, of racing. And then Darren Miggs and Stonecrusher, who's also had a fantastic weekend in San Antonio. So, guys, first of all, what are your thoughts on the racing layout in San Antonio? Seeing your traditional Chicago-style track over and over again, it, you know, it's still cool racing. I don't get to see it all that often, so I'm still kind of excited about it. But uh, throwing Burns into the mix and watching the trucks kind of, you know, hit off those angles and everything, that was really exciting, made for really cool racing. So I'd like to see more of that, actually. I agree with Jeremy and Robbie. You know, you, you make great points, the Burns and the Chicago-style race, and I think this might be a new thing that they're going to do with some of the bigger floor spaces. I hope in St. Louis that they might incorporate this into that style uh i definitely think from um damon's past with what he did this has helped that helped him a lot with this uh as robbie said he's the only guy that actually used that berm to his advantage i think what's really interesting to me about the way that you know we saw this course work out is you know a lot of guys you know they don't quite have that experience you know like you know damon bradshaw did with his motocross background but uh you know, it gives these guys a real different option. There's a lot of strategy now to be played out with a layout like this. You know, instead of just, you know, there's only one way to attack a course, you've got two completely different options you can go with. You can, you know, try and go around the bottom on the inside, or you can take it up to berm and see if you can carry more momentum out of that turn and kind of sling, slingshot you down the course. So, uh, you know, I really like seeing that there's going to be a little bit, you know, there was more strategy going into that event on how you have to attack that racing course. And I think that really played out really well. We saw, you know, in the final round yesterday with uh, with Darren Meeks and um, Damon Bradshaw, you had two completely different approaches there right off the start. Damon's riding up the berm and rolling out of it, whereas, you know, Darren took it a little bit more easy, cut that turn tight. And each of them were both very close. It's not like one had a distinct advantage. It just played into each other's driving styles, and that's where it came down to. Definitely great points all around. You guys mentioned uh, the big word again, strategy. Freestyle had the advantage of having those berms from racing out there, and I thought it was really interesting. That was the coolest thing to me when I was watching these freestyle runs was how did these guys attack that freestyle course? As Dustin mentioned, there's several different options, and it was cool to see guys combo into the berm or launch over the berm. The way that it's shaped, you know, with that sort of half U or whatever you want to call it, maybe a, maybe a C, uh, you can hit that berm about seven different angles, and they even buried a couple of cars in, in the berms. So it was really a cool thing to see. I liked watching, in particular, Adam Anderson and Darren Miggs attack those. I thought that they both did fantastic jobs in their freestyle runs. Uh, Dawson definitely had something to say about that as we were talking off-air. He was mentioning, man, you know, they just did a fantastic job. So, Dustin, leave this freestyle discussion off. What did you think about that? Well, uh, I really enjoy, uh, it's no secret, I really enjoy watching Adam Anderson freestyle. I think he's probably one of the most creative freestylers we have in the game right now. He's, uh, you know, he's really, uh, he's able to take any and all bounces and just roll with them. And, uh, you know, sometimes that chassis throws him a curveball and he manages to take that and turn it into something really cool. And uh, that was pretty much what he was doing in San Antonio. He was really taking everything that truck threw at him and taking it and using that course to its full extent. Um, you know, he was trying out different things, stuff that most other guys weren't going after. And, uh, you know, he was trying to land things down into the berm and kind of, like, drive out through it. And, you know, it looked really cool. I really appreciate seeing somebody go out there, you know, and get creative with it instead of just going out and doing, you know, point and stab the throttle and jump at something, you know. And uh, he really attacked the course. And then, uh, 
you had mentioned before, Darren Meigs, uh, I really liked how he, uh, you know, went out there and approached the track. Um, you know, he was doing something most other guys weren't doing. He was really working the slap wheelie angle, and uh, he was getting some great wheel stands, um, whether it be on the uh, car stacks at the end of the track or, you know, using that berm. He was riding down the backside of the berm doing wheel stands, and uh, it was really interesting to see, you know, both guys getting creative, trying to do something different. And, uh, you know, trying to use it to their advantage and, you know, see if they can pick up a few extra points as far as the judging goes. Dustin hit on the point that I was actually going to make was, which is creative. It, it had made these guys be more creative in what they had to do and go out there with these berms and other thing, other objects they had out there. So creativity was definitely the one key, the key thing here. Another person that I, uh, I was watching was uh, Ben Winslow in The Bounty Hunter. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the freestyle he gave, gave out with his bounty hunter, um, not being there with Jimmy and being there by himself, so representing 2Xtreme was, uh, got a big pressure on his shoulders, and to me, he definitely uh, did a great job in that. Yeah, definitely. You know, Ben, Ben's a good point to make. You know, he has not had a lot of seat time in the, in the different chassis. He's sort of bounced around, and uh, we're going to try to get some more information on that because... He was originally, it looked like, slitted to drive the Iron Outlaw truck, and now we've seen him in Bounty Hunter. So we're not really sure what's going on there, if he's flip-flopping seats, if they're uh, they're going to stick with Nick Owens and Iron Outlaw and Bobo and Bounty Hunter or what. But uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted on all of that. Uh, Bobo did have a great freestyle in Bounty Hunter in San Antonio, as did a ton of other drivers. It was a huge lineup there, so... Lots of things to touch on, but we try to go beyond the lens and just give you some of the pictures from the event uh, mentally. So, great show in San Antonio. I want to thank Jeremy, Ed, and Dustin for doing a quick little roundtable on that. As well, there was a show in Greensboro, North Carolina, two-show weekend, and Dustin was there to take that one in. So, Dustin, what were your thoughts on Greensboro? Greensboro was another event that got kind of the leftovers from the Atlanta event being pushed back due to the Falcons' playoff run, and uh, we got a couple extra treats in having Stone Crusher with Steve Sims and uh, Mopar Magic and Morgan Kane join the field. So for the first time ever, they had packed 10 trucks into the Greensboro Coliseum. So that was really awesome to see. Um, it was probably hectic in the back, you know, as far as moving the trucks with the limited amount of space. But, uh, you know, those guys worked with it and put on a great show all weekend. Um some quick hitting highlights here. Um, Morgan Kane really had a breakout night on Friday night. He did a fantastic job in the wheelie competition, was able to pick up the win with a 24. Um, we also saw David Brown do a really great uh, tailgate dragon wheel stand in Excalibur. He would uh, tie for second with Ed Eckert and full bore, who also had a very good effort in the wheelie competition. Um, and then when they moved on to racing, um, you know, Leo Donald uh, was continuing his strong run from Detroit. He made it into the finals. And uh, Randy Brown, who had missed the wheelie competition due to some mechanical problems, he was able to come out on top in racing. But that was about it for his night. Unfortunately, they suffered some pretty bad motor problems, and he was done. They didn't get the truck finished until the following day. Um, and freestyle, you know, there was a lot of great highlights going on. John Zimmer and Amsel Shock Therapy was getting it pretty good. Uh, getting some good air. He was fighting some steering issues. The truck wasn't quite front steering as well as he would like, so he was getting a little frustrated with it, but he still managed to put on a great show. Uh, did a spectacular uh, sky wheelie to close out his run. Um, Morgan Kane was getting it. Um, you know, really his breakout evening, he was able to come out on top in the freestyle competition. And uh, 
put on a great run, got some big air, um, got the nose of that truck up in the air like Mopar Magic's known for. Um, Frank Kremel did a fantastic job in freestyle as well. He was really working grinder great around that floor. He's been a perfect fit so far in that truck, and uh, he's really doing a fantastic job uh, representing advanced auto parts. Um, going into the Saturday night show, uh, as I'd mentioned earlier, uh, Gravedigger had suffered some pretty bad engine problems, and when I arrived um, Saturday afternoon, the truck was still without the body on. The guys were still thrashing away on the truck, and uh, you know it was clear those guys, you know, working on limited sleep. Randy's got unfortunately limited amount of crew with him this year. They got the truck finished right before the pit party, and fortunately for them, uh, most of the gremlins worked themselves out, and they didn't have any more problems the rest of the night with Gravedigger. Um, going into uh, the ninth action, uh, the wheelie competition, you know, wasn't quite as good as the previous night for whatever reason. The cars at the end of the line there just didn't quite hold up as well. You know, the guys really worked with what they had available to them, and uh, you know, got some good 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 attempts out of it, but it wasn't really quite the, you know, the spectacular nature you expect from the wheelie competition. But, uh, you know, Morgan Kane once again, had a good one going. Um, John Zimmer got it going pretty well. Excalibur kicked off the wheelie competition. David Brown's, he figured out how to sky wheelie that truck pretty well. He did very well. Um, you know, racing wise, it was, uh, it was kind of interesting to see that, you know, in first in the first round, we had a matchup of Gravedigger and shock therapy. And, uh, Randy was able to take out Zimmer by just the narrowest of margins in that race, and eventually the that uh, John Zimmer came back as a fast lo- loser, took out Grinder in the second round, and then eventually met up with Randy again in the finals. And in, in the closest race of the night, Zimmer edged out Gravedigger in what I would have to say is probably by a tread. It was that close, a uh, really close race there. It's always tight when it's just a one-jump straight line, but... It was very tough to call. Those guys reviewed the replay a few different times before they made that call, and they made the right call, in my opinion. Um, Freestyle-wise, these guys were definitely more comfortable with the floor. Um, you know, it's it's a tight floor of the Greensboro Coliseum. You may have seen it before in the past if you're a fan of college basketball. It's where they hold the ACC tournament regularly, so not a big building by any stretch. And uh, those guys were really pushing the trucks hard and trying to get those trucks cornering around because the dirt in there is very tacky, so... You don't want to get in, into it too hard because there's always a chance you might get it up on the sidewalls and roll it over. And, uh, you know, they were doing great as far as, you know, maneuvering these trucks around on such a limited floor, splay, floor space. I was really impressed to see the progression of Joe Parnell and El Toro Loco. You know, he's had very limited seat time so far behind the wheel of the truck with only two weekends prior in uh, Hampton and Rochester. And he's starting to figure it out a lot more. He's starting to get a lot more comfortable in the truck. You could see it between shows that he was more comfortable. Um, you know, he's still having some troubles figuring out, you know, rear steer. He's never driven much with, you know, rear steering before in the past. So it's something that's a little unfamiliar to him. But, you know, he's definitely picking it up. He's starting to gain more momentum and, you know, maneuvering the truck around and figuring out what to expect every time that it's going over a jump. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see Joe progress behind the wheel of El Toro Loco. He did a fantastic job. In the past, with his uh, his mud racing truck, Blue Demon, you know he was always one of those guys that was tough to beat in there. So I think he's got a bright future. Uh, I was really glad to see him progress there. Um, John Zimmer really brought the house down early in freestyle. He came right out the box and performed well. He opened up with probably the biggest jump of the night over the uh, the car stack and dirt hill um, stack that they had there, and uh, 
he almost got a little bit too much air. The truck, uh, as he was going to turn, started to slide a little bit and got a little close to the wall. They RII'd him, but uh, as John told me afterwards, he said, uh, I was already in reverse by the time that I got shut down, but he was a little frustrated with his momentum getting killed, but he went on to put on a great run, um, really was maneuvering the truck around the track pretty well. You know, he's he was really aggressive with the way he attacked the track, and uh, he nearly got himself in trouble towards the end. The truck started to climb up on the sidewalls, but... John was able to pull it back down, and uh, he I believe he ended up tying for second uh, as far as the freestyle results go. Um, Steve Sims also did pretty well. Um, he's getting used to that new truck, and uh, he's really liked the way the truck was landing for that type of layout. It was soaking up every one of those bounces. He was able to get the truck turned around very well and easily. Um, just did a great job all around. You know, It wasn't a winning freestyle run either night, but it was definitely a contender each time. Um, Frank Kreml and Grinder had a bit of an interesting experience after the second jump. His fuel filter, I believe, was uh, what broke, and when that came apart, it started a fuel fire in the back of Grinder. But luckily, Frank was able to get out of there unscathed and unharmed. The track crew guys were right on it and got the fire extinguishers out to put the fire out. And uh, you know, it was unfortunate to see the freestyle get cut short. I know Frank was excited to perform. But, you know, luckily he came out unharmed and, you know, they'll have that truck back together for the next event. And uh, winning freestyle, Randy Brown, um, old downtown Randy Brown came out hard. He wanted to, you know, come out there and redeem himself after not getting a freestyle the night before and did a fantastic job. He was the only guy to get any kind of donuts going. And uh, he was whipping that truck around in the, when he was cutting those donuts. Uh, had great momentum, was really airing the truck out for what you can do inside of that building. And uh, just a fantastic job all around by Randy. And next we'll be entering our shameless plug section. There were a ton of allmonster.com clients in Greensboro. Limited to Morgan Kane and Mopar Magic. You can check all the great photos from Dustin out at MoparMagicMT.com. As well as Steve Sims and Stone Crusher, his teammate, StoneCrusherMonsterTruck.com. Has some brand new photos out there for you to check out. We're not done yet. RandyBrownMotorsports.com has El Toro Loco and Gravedigger with Joe Parnell and Randy Brown. And finally, Sudden Impact Racing's two trucks in Amsoil Shock Therapy and the Amsoil Excalibur over at SuddenImpact.com have brand new photos up as well. Be sure to check all those out. And Dustin, thanks for the great insight onto a great event in Greensboro. The next bit of information that I want to go into is uh, we did have three people that got their flags this weekend for the World Finals of 2011. They are Damon Bradshaw, who will be piloting the Air Force Afterburner, Jim Kohler, an Avenger, and Jimmy Creighton with the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, definitely a classic field of uh, in two independents and uh, one corporate driver. I really like the choices, as usual. Uh, when you're first getting started out with the field, you have your... Uh, your guaranteeds, I call them, and uh, these guys are uh, veterans of the world finals in various capacities. Uh, I think it's kind of funny that you know the guy with uh, a world championship on his resume has the least experience of those three in Damon Bradshaw, and uh, we've seen a little bit of a cool trend in that these guys that have been getting their flags have been going right out and dominating. Uh, Leo Donald got his flag in Detroit, and it was like game on man he he totally just took it down in racing in uh in detroit so it's like well okay i guess he deserves that flag you know uh, there wasn't any question about lee obviously to begin with but uh you know it was cool to see the picks 
that the uh, the officials made sort of justified right away. Um, you know, of course, with Damon not losing it all in a, in four competitions and one of the biggest shows of the year, uh, you know, there's not going to be any question as to whether Air Force Afterburner earned his way in or not. And uh, that's always a cool thing to see. Damon went right there, right out there, skied it out in freestyle, dominated the racing field, and uh, that's cool to see. So, you know, then then we had Jim Kohler in uh, in California. You know, doing a little West Coast swing for the first time this year, and uh, that was cool to see. So, you know, cool things all around. Jimmy Creighton at Bounty Hunter earns his flag in uh, Tacoma, I believe it was. And so we got a, we got a lot of things to talk about here, guys. Uh, thoughts on Jim Kohler, Jim Creighton, David Bradshaw? Well, I think the obvious theme here is is uh, I found it a little funny that it was all three you know former freestyle championship winners and. Uh, you know, I, I, as you had already alluded to earlier, you know, Damon definitely proved that he was worthy. Um, you know, winning four events in San Antonio with that field was no small feat. He definitely, you know, he earned his keep there. Um, you know, we all know Jimmy Creighton is, you know, definitely worthwhile. He's, you know, been a strong performer in Vegas in the past. And, uh, you know, Jim Kohler's been off to an excellent start this year. He had a, uh, a great time down in Houston. And, uh, you know, this past weekend in Anaheim, he performed great, you know, it's not too often that, you know, as hard as Jim Kohler runs, that truck is able to be put in the trailer, you know, two weeks in a row. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jim also made the finals this weekend in Hampton or in Anaheim. And, uh, you know, that's awesome for Jim. You know, he's been – those guys all, you know, across the board in the Team Scream camp have been, you know, wanting to become more than just known for freestylers. Those guys can race too. And uh, I'm glad to see that Jimmy was having some racing success this weekend as well. Definitely. That's a fantastic point, you know. Uh, Jim has not gotten the credit he deserves, and neither has Chris Bergeron and Brutus, for being the good racer that he is. You know, he's made final rounds. He's, you know, so is, so is Bergeron. I've seen them take racing victories at some of the smaller shows. They can do it on a big stage, too. It's just a matter of when. And uh, they drive with their heads. Believe it or not, you know, they get all this, this uh, you know, hype and everything for being the wild, crazy freestylers that, you know, supposedly just mad it and go and that's not really the case the real point is these guys can drive and they think about stuff i've heard kohler sit there and talk about you know hey i i was trying to do this with the truck and get the truck to do this and and slide it around and i bumped the rear steer at just this time i mean you hear him talk about freestyle talk about racing and uh there's a lot of thought that goes into it and he really doesn't want to just go out there and wreck the thing so great start for the uh, 2011 season for team screen and what are your thoughts on uh, Jimmy Creighton? You know, he had a he's had a brand new chassis this year. Yeah, that that was one thing I was going to hit on. You know, Jimmy's getting his new chassis this year. Will be the, Will this be the year that we see Jimmy get the uh, racing championship that you know he's he's always wanted? You know, that's the one thing that's always escaped his grasp is getting that racing championship. And this year, with his new piece and this, I've seen some of the videos and and. Uh, pictures from it. I think that it, he's going to be a contender. He's going to be up there. Uh, what I'm really surprised with this year, guys, is how fast we're seeing all these drivers get their flags. It seems that this year is a lot quicker. We're going to know who's going to be at the in Vegas a lot sooner than most people would have thought. Yeah, it kind of struck me as, uh, as a little bit quick, too. Maybe we're going to slow down towards the end, or maybe we're going to have a couple of surprises. Maybe the field will, uh, will expand. Who knows? We're going to find out towards the end of the year that's when it starts to get really really interesting is when you get down to those last few picks and uh 
I got to be honest with you. I wouldn't want to be somebody that's uh, in charge of those decisions myself because that is tough. No matter what you do, you're going to disappoint a lot of people by not picking somebody, and you're going to you're going to make a lot of people happy by by picking people. But you know, I would not want to be in charge of that. I agree with you 100%, and, and I think it's going to be come down to this year that I think there's going to be some type of surprise just by the way that they keep announcing these names so quickly. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And we will be with you as well in the coming weeks. For Dustin, Ed, Jeremy, I am Robbie. We had a great time this weekend talking to you about the second weekend of 2011. We will be here for the third weekend in allmonster.com's Beyond the Lens. Thanks for listening. And that's it for this edition of the AllMonster.com Beyond the Lens. On behalf of everyone here at the show, please tune in next time and thank you.